The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. We are spiritual beings having a human experience. Welcome to Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Unlock the power of your dreams. Welcome to Ask Dr. Dream with Kelly Sullivan Walden. Welcome to the Ask Dr. Dream show where you uncover the truth of your dreams and reveal the beauty of who you are. I am your host, Dr. Dream, Kelly Sullivan Walden. So grateful to be here with you on Unity Online Radio. The number to call if you have a question about dreams or anything related to the topic of how to turn your dreams into something wonderful, creative, gorgeous, and something in actual reality. The number to call is 816-251-3555. We'll take questions during the second half of the show. And I am joined on this show by my dear friend, Joan Gelfand, who's been on this show many times. She's the author of so many books, including The Long Blue Room and many, many other poetry collections. And the 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 award-winning, multiple award-winning Ferlinghetti School of Poetics. Joan, are you there? I'm here. Yay, Joni. Oh my God. I'm so here. excited. So excited. Okay, so um we're gonna we have an amazing guest. Let me just do my normal thing. I'm gonna do a really quick little reading of the luminous humanness thought for the day and and then we're gonna bring out Junior Burke and I can't wait to introduce him to you. So First of all, today is 7-7 if you're listening in real time. And the message for July 7th is your secret's out. It's been confirmed, proven beyond a shadow of a doubt that you are the luckiest human alive. You no longer need your rabbit's foot, four-leaf clover, or special crystal. It's time for you to know the truth. The moment you were born, the entire universe recognized who you were and was awestruck but immediately realized your true identity had to be kept secret from you until now. If you knew how lucky and blessed you really were, you might have taken it for granted to encourage you to stay humble and develop compassion. The universe had to throw in a few curveballs to keep you on your toes. However, on this seventh day of the seventh month, it's been decreed that you are finally of a consciousness worthy of unfurling the sacred scroll and being let in on the truth. The affirmation, I know the secret of all secrets, the truth of my magnificence once and for all and forevermore. So with that, I just invite you to take a breath and turn within and to remember who you are to be let in on the secret of secrets, the dream of dreams, and the awakening of all awakening. You are truly at the center of all life. And this whole universe is conspiring on behalf of your greatest good, regardless of what things may look like in this moment, regardless of the ups and downs that you've been through, because God knows we've all been through some ups and downs. You're still 
absolutely magnificent. And this is your wake-up call. I'm just grateful to have you here on this show, on this day, giving so much thanks for Unity Online Radio and all the folks that bring us the ability to have this show live, Louie and Jeff and Diane Ray, just to name a few, and my co-host today, Joan Gelfand, and my guest, Junior Burke. I'm so grateful. And for you listeners and callers, the show wouldn't be the show without you. So thank you so much. So for this, we just say, amen, thy will be done, and the secret's out. Happy 7-7. Okay, Joni, are you there? I'm here. Awesome. Okay, so there's a couple things about my guest that you don't know that I'm really excited to share with you, but I'm... I actually sent you the wrong bio, so I'm going to introduce him, and then I want to surprise you with my synchronicity. Yeah? Are you good? Yeah. Okay, cool. So, Junior Burke is the author of Something Gorgeous. This is a work of speculative fiction. It explores the background of the era that spawned the great Gatsby and was lauded for its invention by the UK's Historical Novels Review. In 2013, in a slightly revised version, it became available as an ebook. Aaron, an excerpt from a work in progress, appeared in Litscapes, collected U.S. writings in 2015 from Steerange Press. A Thousand Eyes, an eco-horror novel, was published in 2018 in the U.K. and by the U.S. by Cosmic Egg Books, an imprint of John Hunt Limited. His latest book is The Cold Last Swim, a work of alternative history, and that just came out this last May. He's a songwriter. He's got an album called While You Were Gone. And also Spot of Time. And he's got an amazing new album that's out. And we're going to let him come out. And we're going to play actually a few songs. So um, without further ado, Junior Burke, welcome to the show. Very glad to be here. Thank you so much for joining us. Okay, the name of your latest album is? Uh, Nothing But. The nothing and, but that's um, what I thought. Okay, I had that here, and I was like, "Is there more to that?" <laughs> no, nothing but that. <laughs> okay, what's that title about? Well, it's a these. There's seven songs. It's a you know all these um, designations have become kind of changed. I guess it's more of what you might call an EP. But the Grammy Awards. Uh, I know recognize albums as being anything more than five songs or more than 15 minutes. So we have seven songs on this record, um, and they're um, six are original songs, and there's one cover song. The um, the six original songs were all written by Billy McKay and myself uh, in Nashville mm. back uh, at the end of the 90s, and, and this was sort of unfinished business for us because at the time. Um, you know, we were writing these songs, and uh, uh, it turned out I was in a, a publishing situation where I was writing these songs for a publisher, but they never, uh, these were the songs that never got demoed or pitched. Um, and there was, uh, there's a whole story behind that. There was a lot going on behind the scenes, but I don't care to mm-hmm. go into it. But um, but anyway, I, we always believed in these songs, and I, they were songs that I never thought I would sing, but... Um, Billy and I uh, decided to um, 
activate them, and I recorded the album. Uh, it's produced by uh, Grace McKay and, and Billy Panda, and uh, it's, it's on Bongo Boy Records, which is a label from New Jersey, and uh, we're very pleased to be working with them. And um, and that's it. It came out in in uh, May, I think, uh, and, or maybe it was April. But um, and uh, you know we're also deep into making a follow-up to it. So um, so yeah, so far so great. good. We feel really good that's about so great. it. Well, so I wanted you and Joan Galfan to meet because there's a few things you have in common. Um, so Joan has a poem called The Ferlinghetti School of Poetics that came, that was directly inspired from her dream. And Joan, maybe I'll let you say a little piece about that. But you're connect, you live in San Francisco, connected to the Beat Poets. And Tom, I'm sorry, Junior, Beep that, <laughs> um, Junior. You worked with, you worked with the Jack Kerouac Foundation or something like that. So um, I don't know. I want to I want to hear what that was, and and then Joan, I want to let you tell uh, tell Junior a little bit about um, Ferlinghetti. Yeah. Um, well, I I taught that at Naropa University. There's um, Allen Ginsberg and Ann Waldman founded uh, in 1974 the Jack Kerouac School of Disembodied Poetics, and uh, it is a, you know, a, a writing school. Um, and uh, eventually, from from I guess it was 2010 to 2015, I was um, I had been teaching in the Kerouac School for some years up until then, but um, I'm sorry, it was 2005 to 2010. I um, I was chair of the Kerouac School, so that's uh, that's a connection to beats and uh, you know and writing schools and etc. Joan, what's your connection to the beats? <laughs> Without skipping a beat, uh, besides. Uh inspiration of course um kind of the openness that we got from the beats i think has always informed my work since i was coming up in san francisco in the early 70s and going to city lights books but i think what kind of has put me on the map with the beats so to speak was this poem that came to me in three different dreams. I mean, Kelly knows the story in and out, but mm-hmm. over the course of about a year, I had three dreams about Lawrence Ferlinghetti. I wrote mm. them all down. Didn't know what was happening until the end. Crafted the poem, read it on Kelly's radio show. Dana, her husband, as you know, Junior, you know Dana, mm-hmm. fell mm-hmm. in love with the poem said, we have to make a movie of the poem, made a movie of the poem. <laughs> the, po- the movie debuted at the Beat Museum in North Beach in San Francisco. Uh-huh. And the movie had a nice reception. It was playing at Litquake. It, um, mm. it got like, you know, not epic, but like 12,000 or 13,000 hits on YouTube. I mean, it was mm. definitely being looked at. Then... Ferlinghetti was turning 100 two years ago, mm-hmm. and all of a sudden, the one application I had put in for a small film festival for showing it with the shorts um, 
it, it ended up being shared around at all the film festivals. It showed at like 20 international film festivals. Right. Plus, it, uh, Kelly and Dana are involved with the Associ uh, International Association for this. Anyway, for the study of dreams, it's won yeah. awards. So, I mean, people associate me more with the um, with the beats because of that poem. But obviously, I'm a little. I was younger, and not. I mean, I was watching Ann Waldman on the stage when I was in San Francisco State totally, you know, taken and smitten and inspired. But, I mean, she was in a different generation than I mm -hmm. was. So mm -hmm. I'd say mm -hmm. uh, a respectful, yeah, a respectful love <laughs> and passion for the boundaries that the writers broke and, mm -hmm. um, and what they did for poetry, you know, and for writers and for kind of opening the door. And that's one of the last lines of my home anyway this is about mm. you junior <laughs> yeah it really it really is <laughs> no it so, is um, but junior you also what you one of the reasons why i'm having you on besides the fact that i adore you and you're working on a musical with my husband that is amazing but also you've derived some of your inspiration from dreams and in fact you turned a song of yours um turned a dream into a song can you tell us about wake up and dream oh uh, well, wake up and dream was written um some time ago but it was written at a time when um i was starting to feel um much more aware of i i felt that the world was kind of changing uh, or shifting at least for me it was because when i started out as a songwriter i was I started writing songs as a teenager, um, and uh, and I always felt it was my mission or my part of the job description to always tell the truth and to tell everybody exactly what was going on. And therefore, because a lot of nasty things were going on, I found myself writing a lot of songs <laughs> that were um, kind of you know kind of negative. And I and then along about this time that I started feeling uh, a shift in the world. Um, I, I felt that maybe what was missing in my work was that I needed to try to start providing solutions rather than just, um, you know, recounting so-called reality or my, my version of it. So Wake Up and Dream, and in some ways it became much more pronounced later on, but Wake Up and Dream was uh, the first hint of that where I, where I wanted to write a song that was uh, very positive and very... Um, you know, leaving a lot of room for creativity that maybe the solutions that we needed were creative and it was all up to us to, to come up mm -hmm. with them. And uh, I'd like to say that a great composer uh, named Ed Tossing actually wrote the music. And this was also sort of the beginning of my career as a lyricist. I mean, I was always a songwriter, but uh, I also started um, just writing lyrics for other composers' music, including Dana Walden's. Uh, but uh, what what that got me was that um, I all of a sudden found myself in, in the company of musicians who were, you know, far more capable and trained than I was as a musician. However, what I felt what I brought to the to the, those equations was that I was actually a writer. I've always considered myself mm. a writer. I didn't really write poetry because I felt I could reach more people through songs that would just seem to be more of a 
popular medium, and uh, and I I wanted to try and have as much effect as possible. Also, I just I don't think I was such a very good poet. You know, it's a whole different thing. You know, as Joan knows, I I know. But um, so anyway, so that's the answer to that. And wake up and dream uh, has you know has been uh, recorded by a number of people. Um, mm. m- Largely by, uh, I mean, Megan McDonough did it, for instance, uh, on HBO with the uh, uh, Rochester Philharmonic, and that was beautiful because we we won a wow. Cable Ace Award for that. And then oh Richie Havens did it, the late Richie Havens, who was a friend and beautiful, beautiful person, and of course a consummate artist. He did a fantastic version of it, which you can find a, particularly his live version is on YouTube. Richie Havens, Wake Up and Dream. So. Um, and other people have, have done it as well, but uh, it's um, it's a song I'm proud of because, uh, like I said, it sort of opened up a whole new um, avenue for me yeah. in terms not only of, of artistically but also just emotionally and spiritually and and uh, you know as a being as a person you know. Oh, I love it. And sometimes our dreams can can shift the trajectory of our lives. And I'm so happy that you did this. So let's hear a little bit of this. Louie, take it away. Let's hear Wake Up and Dream by Junior Burke. This next song was written by a friend of mine who lives in Chicago. He had a car accident, was bandaged almost from head to foot. Told me he woke up in the hospital looking up at the ceiling and between the bandages around his eyes he saw some words on the ceiling and the words said wake up and dream
mountain There's a place for everything And from every situation What we take is what we bring You can wait a long lifetime For a knock upon your door Ships are safe inside the harbor But is that what ships are for? Just wake up and dream Yay, wow Junior Burke, wake up and dream I didn't realize that, that this dream came out of an actual like car accident kind of you're recovering in the hospital that's that's intense Wow Well, what, I, and I would like to say that was I think that was sort of a happy accident in the, uh, not the hospital, <laughs> not the car crash, but, uh, but um, what we just heard was uh, Richie Haven singing Wake Up and Dream. And, uh, you know, uh, rather than, than me uh, singing it, you know, Richie Havens is one of the greatest voices of his generation, our generation. So um, anyway, so I'm actually glad that we got to hear that. Oh gosh, I I sent well, yes, we'll hear we're going to hear from you though, you singing coming home from Shiloh. So okay. first, so let's um so set this one up. This is from the new album, Nothing But. And first yeah. of all, Joan, before we get into this song, how did that land on you? Did that inspire your dreaming soul to just wake up and dream? Oh, it was beautiful and his voice is so deep, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> and rich. Mm-hmm. Uh, isn't it a thrill, um, Junior, to hear yes. someone else, their words, your words in their mouth? It's just, I think for a writer, it's just, ah, it's just such a happy thing. It's okay. yes, yeah, it's, it's very gratifying. I mean, um, the thing about the thing about it is, I I really, I I only really sang my my own songs because nobody else was doing it, you know, at first. <laughs> And uh, happily, I, it's funny. Just the other day, I, I, I guess I'm, you know, I hope this doesn't come as boasting, but I really just had never done this before. But I sat down and I, I, off the top of my head, I came up with about forty different artists that had recorded my songs over the years. Now, wow. I, wow. I hope that sounds impressive. But the other thing is, I've been doing this for half a century too. So, you know, so um, no, it's you know, impressive. I've been at it a long time. Yeah, but well, um, but like I said, I, but to hear to have Richie Haven sing one of my songs was uh, that was a, a really high point for me. Right. No kidding, because uh, I had so, so much respect for go... him, and he was always Richie was interesting in that he he was he very carefully ch- selected the songs that he wanted to sing, and there came a point mm. in his career where he didn't sing romantic songs or personal love songs because he felt there were too many of them, and he wanted to sing universal love songs. He didn't. He didn't sing the. You know, after a while, uh, I think he recorded a few things like Dylan's "Just Like a Woman" and things like that. But at some point, he said, "It's like we got enough of that. I just want to sing songs about the world." You know. 
Oh, wow. That's wonderful. Okay, so let's hear all about... Well, we've only got a few minutes, so um, I want you to set up Coming Home from Shiloh, and then we'll play that as we go into the break. Okay. Um, Well, Coming Home from Shiloh is on the Nothing But record, which I don't think I said, but Nothing But is one of the title of one of the songs on the record. But um, Mm. Coming Home from Shiloh, also it appears on a new anthology from Bongo Boy Records. It's called... uh, it's called uh, Homestead Volume 5, and they, they put these great Americana anthologies together. And this is a two-record set, I believe, and or a two-CD set. And uh, Coming Home From Shiloh kicks off the second CD. It's a song that Billy uh, McKay and I wrote together. We wrote it in Nashville. And, uh, and again, we were trying to come up with songs for other people to sing, but uh, this, this song is unusual because it's a... It's a ghost story. It's a ghost song, mm. uh, and it's it's it opens in the Civil War. Um, so uh, I think it's a very unusual song. It, it sounds like a it's, song that's much older than it really is. I think yeah, it, it does. Like, well, let's get as much in before the break the happens. Century. And everyone check out juniorburke.com for more information. And we're going to play more music by you as this new series of mine comes up down the line. But um, I want to thank you, Junior Burke, for joining us. And we're going to, we're going to trail out on coming home from yes. Shiloh. Well, thank you. Mm-hmm. Thanks for having me on. And it's great to meet you, John. Thank you. Eighteen sixty-two, Gray was fighting blue, and a Johnny joined to fight for Tennessee. And on the night he left, she lit her bedroom lamp and said, "This flame will burn till you return to me." Sometimes late at night, when the moon was full and bright. They'd see her all alone behind her window Her love forever gone That flame kept burning on She still thinks he's coming home from Shiloh Live to see her beauty being faded by the years. She'd wake up with the moon, but never leave her room. The dancing light burning bright to keep away the tears. All are welcome. We're glad you found us. Unity Online Radio. The voice of an awakening world. Dream interpretation and a lot more. Welcome back to Ask Dr. Dream with Kelly Sullivan Walden. Welcome back to the Ask Dr. Dream show. And I'm was so loving that song. Oh, my heavens. And there's so many more that I wanted to play with you and for you. So that was that was Junior Burke. And his website is juniorburke.com. And make sure to check out his latest piece. It's called um, it's in a book collection called Collectibles, edited by Lawrence Block. And his piece is called 
the Evan Price signature model, and it's a ghost story. It's amazing, and um, he's he's written a ghost story. There's another one of his books um, that is a he's just amazing. He's so prolific. A Thousand Eyes is the eco horror novel, and his last um, literary work, his alternative history book, is The Cold Last Swim. Okay, so Joni, 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 holy lord! Let's let's talk let's talk dreams. If anybody has a dream. Call in. The number is 816-251-3555. Again, 816-251-3555. So while you're looking for your dream, Joan, I'm going to call on Miss Denise. Denise, what kind of dream do you have up your sleeve today? Oh, God, you know, I always have a good dream. I know you do. I count on it. Okay. Um was at a function and or something and all of a sudden the guy we were all in the audience and whatever it is the the program is over i don't remember him talking but life goes on it's a dream so anyway he um (laughs) so all of a sudden he says okay you know it's time to have some cake you know i guess part of the the program was the ending of it and it's gonna be cake so I don't know. I said, to, you know, I said in, in, in the dream, I'm saying to you now, I said, um, oh, you know, I love cake. I love, you know, so <laughs> anyway, um, I don't, um, I don't, um, I don't know what possessed me to do this, but in the dream, I just said, I'm going to go get another cake. So anyway, Ooh. long story short, I go get another bakery made cake somewhere around me. And, um, it says happy birthday. This is significant to me because it said happy birthday, Jack. I don't know a Jack. So oh. in the dream, other people are eating that cake, and I'm walking around with this cake, and everybody's kind of looking at me like, well, damn, what cake do we eat? The one that, you know, Denise has that has happy birthday, Jack? Or do we eat the? But you never see his cake. It's just known that he says let's have some cake. Never saw his cake. I somehow mm. know to get a sheet cake. And it says it is nicely decorated, and it says "Happy Birthday, Jack." I think it said "Happy Birthday, Jack." It definitely had Jack on it. Might even had some candles on it. But at any rate, it was a a, a half of a sheet cake, uh, a quarter of a sheet cake, and that's the end of the dream. Um, I wouldn't got, and I don't know who Jack is, and I never gave it to Jack because I never saw Jack. But Whoa. all I know is it said "Happy," yeah, and that's the dream. That's it. Okay. All right, so let's jet set this really quick. What's your feeling in this dream? What's the emotion? Well, you know I love cake. You know yes. I love cake. I love okay. me some cake. Um, I tried to get into numerology and try to see what the J-A-C-K, as far as mm. numbers come up with, for starters, but um, still, okay. still working on that. And um, I don't All know. Right. I don't I, I felt kind of, good. I, you, the question is, I always feel good because I have cake, bottom line. Okay. All right. And then um, the title of this dream. Oh, um, something about sweetness. Your sweetness is my weakness. Sweetness, sweetness <laughs> is the, 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 you know, something about sweetness. Sweetness is great. Sweetness feels good. Because I was holding that cake ready for somebody to come up with a doggone knife. So we could slice that puppy up, so we could eat it. So mm. I was feeling just like, ah. So you never cake. got to eat it. So, but you were you were walking around with this half sheet cake. Yeah, 
So even if we didn't eat it, just the fact that I that I had cake. Yeah. Can I jump in here? Oh, jump, jump in. Please. Your phone's a little choppy, but jump, just, jump, jump. Just say that the, the kind of most obvious thing, you take the yeah. cake. You take the cake. Oh. Oh. <laughs> wow. You can Wait a second. Wow. I just missed something. So wait, what was that? Joan, your Aww. phone cut out or I could barely hear it. So say that again. You take the cake. You take the cake. Ah, that's you good. You take the cake. That oh, is yeah. good. I love it. That is that's outstanding. Great. That is great. I didn't even think about that. Oh, wow. my goodness. That's great. Okay, so there you go. That's 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 the long and short of it. Just kidding. Let's do it. Let's dive in a little bit deeper on this. Um, what? How do you think, really quick, Denise? How do you think this dream is trying to enlighten you? We know that um, the main like, symbols like, here are the are the cake and Jack. Um, is there any other symbols in here that we want to dive into, or is that's kind of the main the main pieces? Yeah. And well, you got to figure like you. Like Joan just said, it's almost double cake because the man who's making this announcement said, let's all go have cake. He's yeah. got cake. I got yeah. cake. It's just a whole bunch of darn cake. Okay. So, great. All right. I have a, I have my two cents, but I want to see what you think before before I do. Something. So. Oh, God. Let me see. Like you call, like, like Joan, um, I don't know. I'm the keeper of my castle. I I can make I can make things happen because I'm holding the cake like she said. You take the cake. I feel yeah. like it's some something. I'm in charge of something in the sense of a certain sweetness or something coming down the road, Ooh. and I'm in charge of it. I I, I can make okay. it happen. All right, get that am... man. He got his cake. I got my own cake. Oh, yeah. Cake. Okay. So I'm kind of popping like crazy with this dream. Okay. For, I'm remembering a while back, Denise, you had a dream. You, you've had cake yep. dreams. You've had a few of these. I and have. Yeah. One that you had not that long ago was there yeah. was cake and everyone else got a piece, but you, and it feels like this dream is a continuum. If it were mine, Ooh. it's like not only do I have my own piece of cake, but I'm resp- I have the whole cake, and <laughs> I and like Joan said, I take the cake, and I've I've been using cake. I always use cake as a metaphor, and you know what? I got interviewed by Stassi Schroeder from Vanderpump Rules, and she often dreams of cake, and she said that cake always represents like something wonderful, like some kind of a reward that she's on track, something really good is happening or to not forget to celebrate. But I, I often use the metaphor about relationships that it's important to like you be the cake and let the person that you're with be like the frosting or the sprinkles on top, but you've got to bring it. You've got to like own it and not, and not kind of be in victim mode because no one's bringing you your cake. It's like you be the cake. So I feel like you are gotcha. totally being the cake. This is such an empowered and sweet dream. How's all that landing on you? That's good. And I and I think um, somebody that I used to deal with that I never really stopped indirectly, you know, he makes little in the windows, you know, if me and you were married, 
you know, mm-hmm. we would do so well, blah, blah, blah. And a girlfriend of mine was just telling me, you don't say anything? And I said, no. And I wonder if this cake dream is like, you know, mm. maybe he don't know what to say or how to say it, but he's in the windows. <laughs> maybe I got the cake and maybe I didn't mm. feed it to him, so to speak. Right. in the door. It's so funny. It's like this other cake. You're saying like, I don't know Jack. <laughs> Just hearing that, like I don't know Jack, um, you know. Oh, and it did say Jack. I, I I'm gonna look at numerology in that though. I, I would love to know what those four numbers come up to. Um, I would yeah. take all four of them and, and and see what they come up to because I don't know a Jack, and I'd be curious what those numbers come up to because who is Jack? Why didn't it say Brenda? It said Jack for a reason. And I think there's a message in that. And the only thing you can get out of that is numerology because I don't know a Jack. I don't know. From from my perspective, I would also say that um, it's the, I what? don't have to know Jack. I got my own cake. But also there's the Jack of all trades Ooh. or the you know, Jack of Jill of all trades. So being, a, being like a renaissance Ooh. person, being able to come up with stuff. Ooh. Mm-hmm. That's why you're so you're, good. you're multi-talented. I know that. And it's also the masculine and you're the feminine. So there's the masculine cake and the feminine cake. So I'm, I'm thinking there's, there's a lot of relationship stuff in here. Joan, what else are you getting from this? Any, any other pops besides the fact that Denise clearly takes the cake? Joan. Joni, Joni, we lost to Joni. Come back to earth, Joni. No, no, there she is. Yeah, no, I just accidentally muted, muted. Um, you know, Kelly, I've learned this over the years of working with you. It's just like you look at the most, I love what you're doing about, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and tying things together, but there's just mm-hmm. obviously a sweetness, right? Mm-hmm. Cake. And she loves cake. So it's like a gift. It's like somebody who loved crystals and they dreamed about crystals, right? Yeah. You know. You know, it's like the dream is giving you what you want. Do you know what I mean? Like, ooh, kind of, ooh. kind of like delivering up. Like, here it is. It's just Kelly. It almost ties back into your seven seven luminous, humanist, beautiful reading about. You know, yeah. God knew the day you were born, how perfect you were. Yeah, but mm-hmm. you put all these options place so that you weren't a jerk. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I love that. I just love that. You know, right? Oh my like, God, that's so, so funny. So <laughs> eventually, you're gonna get the goodies, but let me tell you, you gotta like get a little humble. So, you gotta eat a little humble pie so you can take the cake. But um, totally. Totally. <laughs> oh, I love it. That's great. I like that. That uh, the tie-in. It's like have the humble pie, so you can eat. You so you can take the cake. It's like Denise. From what I know about you, you're a hard worker. You you really have earned your just desserts, and you got to be the one to not just receive them, but maybe even bring them to yourself. Maybe you be the bestower of of those Ooh. blessings. I, I just heard this Mark Nepo poem, and I can't remember. Ex- I don't have the words, but it was the the notion of it was about 
like the transition between victim mode and empowered mode is going from mm-hmm. go, trying to get what we need from the world and from the people in our lives, like see me, love me, like me, as opposed to you being the one that is the bestower of the blessings. You be the one that is the recognizer. You be the one that is the feeder. You be the one that brings the goods to the party. And it's like instant empowerment when you're not the one looking for it. It doesn't mean that it doesn't come to you, but it tends to come more often, I think, when we're not looking for it, when we're full and we're overflowing, when we've got the cake. So to me, I'm going to borrow that dream and, and carry that with me today. I love it. Thank you, Denise. Your dreams are always so special. Thanks for sharing with us. Thank you. Thank you, Joan. (laughs) I think I've met you on the show before, but I love that Kelly was able to tie back in your history. That's so sweet. Yeah. Yeah. She's good. She's the best. Thank you. Awesome, Denise. Okay, we'll talk to you next week. Can't wait to hear what you dream next. All right, Joni, let's hear your dream. And if anyone else wants to share a dream, the number is 816-251-3555. Joni, let's hear yours. All right. So this is a little bit rich, Kelly. You might not be able to do it. Let's hear it. You might not be able to do it all. All right, let's do let's do the most significant piece or let's get to it. Let's try it. Okay. So my husband and I are looking for a house for sale. We parked in the front yard. My daughter is with us and maybe a couple more people, maybe family. And I say, oh, my God, it reminds me so much of Shasta, which is this house that I owned in the Berkeley Hills that I just love, love, love. And we Mm. go in. And there's all kinds of cracks in the walls. And I'm worried that it's falling down the side of the hill. They're patched, so I didn't notice them the first time. This is our second visit. Then there's like a three-year-old girl who's crawling over a netting over rocks. Like literally, there's a pit of rocks, but over the pit of rocks is this netting. This small child is crawling across. She gets tangled up. She says, I'm going to jump. And I'm on the edge uh, above her. And I'm not sure it's a big jump. And she jumps. But then she can't, she can't come up. She can't make mm. it up. So she, she gets out of the netting. She jumps into the rock. So I bend over. I get her. But her hands are very slippery, soapy. So I say, wipe your hands. I can't get you if you're slippery. And then I pull her up from the pit. Ooh. And there's more, but I think that's plenty. Oh, wait, wait. Okay. So then out the back door is our quote unquote backyard, but Mm -hmm. it's a total million dollar view of the Pacific Ocean. Oh, wow. It's gorgeous with waves. Anyway, it's just freaking amazing. Oh, my God. Okay. This is such a powerful dream. Let's quickly jet set it. Give me your feelings, the emotion. Um, well, I was pretty calm, but a little concerned. So 
called because I liked this house, but concerned that there were cracks. Right. I was nervous about this child jumping into this pit. Yeah. Mm. Ooh, interesting. And then probably ooh and ah about the million-dollar view of the Pacific Ocean. Uh Uh-oh. I lost you, Joan. Or is it me that got lost? Uh Uh-oh, Joan's not there. Okay, so I'm going to, I'm going to, it looks like we've lost her call. So I'm going to just weigh in here. If this were my dream, and Joan, maybe you can hear and you can call back in. But it feels like um, if it's mine, there's this, there's this exciting opportunity, but there's cracks in it. So it's, it's like, mm, whatever this thing is that I'm coming up against. Ooh, Joan, are you there? Joni, Joan, Joni, Joan. Joan I'm here, I'm here. Yep, 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 You're yep, back. yep. Okay. Yep. Okay, so um, let me see. All right, so let me just, while I've got you, give me the title of this dream. Home by the Sea. Home by the Sea. Okay. Um, and the, so I imagine the symbols would be the cracks, the little girl, the pit is there um and then what else what other pieces stand out to you the standout symbols the calming incredible gorgeous million dollar view you know how kind of like you know those moments in your life where you're like (laughs) right yeah yeah i'll have what she's having wow Okay, so, and then how do you think this dream is trying to enlighten you? Is that, does, do you, are you having any clarity about that? Or should we circle back after we throw in a few things? Um, just, uh, I think for me, actually, the calmness with the child jumping into the pit, I didn't yeah. freak out. I, I wasn't happy. Yeah. But I didn't freak out. Okay. For in some words, reason, I was, was going to jump in the pit, but I wasn't yeah. like, "Oh my god, oh my god, oh my god." It feels like if it's if it's my dream, the it feels like that whatever new venture I'm about to embark on, it's like my dream is showing me that that there's there's aspects of it that are that are risky, that are dangerous. And dangerous to my little girl self, to my vulnerable, innocent self. And yet, in spite of the fact that it's slippery there for a minute, um, I'm able to pull her up. I'm able to rescue her. So it works out, even though it's touch and go. And it was, and it's scary. But if I stay calm during the difficult moments, I'm able to... I'm able to do what needs to be done. And then there's this reward. So there is this like very clear three parts, like a, like the, the one, two punch. There's the, the backyard with the million dollar view of the Pacific ocean feels like it's the reward for having rescued this little girl for having gone into this new territory, even though it was fraught with uncertainty and some cracks and, it's kind of like live like that saying, if you're not living on the edge, you're taking up too much room. Being this house that's on the edge is isn't perfect. It's it's not perfect, 
but but the opportunity there is there's lots of growth here but i'm going to have to be on my toes and i'm going to have to rescue myself so it makes me wonder like you know how much you know i don't know what are you getting from this and are you seeing anything any correlation with anything that's actually happening in your life or that's that may be coming up all of it kelly it's perfect (laughs) (laughs) oh my heavens okay so what do you what's the the last t in the jet set formula is how will you take it to the streets is there any particular action that you'll take to honor this dream You know, quite honestly, I feel like I have taken it to the streets with what I just went through with my surgery. Yeah. You know, that was a crack. Life life has cracks. Life is scary. Life has these fucking. Oops. (laughs) Life has. Bleep. Uh, Life has these treacherous, treacherous aspects to it because really mm-hmm. that girl climbing over the pit of rocks you know with a different oh, frame of mind yeah yeah no kidding it's like the most vulnerable self that's like i mean that could have just been life and death that was so scary and you you I kept a connection you with her you were able slippery. to pull her through wipe her hands yeah. like don't be so right. slippery Mm. Wow. And there's something that, that I loved about your description of that backyard and the way you felt. And sometimes I think there's, it's like when we, when we want an outcome, it's like, we think we have to, you know, that whole thing about, we think we have to have something in order to be someone in order to have, or to, to, to have that certain feeling. What is that? Be, do, have, we have to do something in order to have that thing, in order to be whatever. But really, we can do it in reverse. We can already be in awe, like be in that place of awe and then have that joy and then see what kind of doing follows from there, from that full place of awe. That's that's kind of the, well, the piece also, that I'm taking you know, for myself. Truth is, like, I think it shows me that I'm not the kind of person that dwells on things like some people might have gone through something like that and been like oh no pit of rock scary yes. life is scary but I walk out the backyard and I'm like okay what's next <laughs> right right totally right? okay I'm gonna throw in I haven't I haven't talked about my one of my dreams in a while and I'm gonna throw this in because it ties into this dream and it ties into Denise's dream and it ties into the luminous humanist thought for the day. Strangely, I'm seeing it in here. Um, in my dream, it was really quick. There was this woman who was on a television show. And it was like this game show where she had this big platter. And she was having to collect all of these things. And I let me see. It was like um, cards and chips and drinks and, and all these things. And the game was to like get it all on the plate at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> but she kept not being able to get it all together. And, but backstage, we see her with this picture of her arms in the air and all the pieces are there. 
And it was like, it's the game. It's the show to act like you don't have it all. But P.S. backstage, you've got it all. So, so it feels like you've got your cake. You can eat it too. You've got your backyard. Yes, you can go through the stuff that you have to go through, but it's part of the game is the, is the challenge. And I'm even remembering Denise, I, I can see you're still listening. So hopefully you can hear this way back when, when you had the dream about not getting the cake that was, I loved what, oh, I can't remember her name. She was the guest I had on the show. She said, sometimes not getting what you need right away is the gift because then when you get it, you really feel like you've earned it. You you appreciate it. So there's something about this cosmic game of hide and seek that we're all playing, thinking that we have to move to new horizons, that we need to go through all this stuff in order to get what we've always had. It's like the hero's journey. We we travel the world world over only to discover that the treasure has been in our backyard the entire time. And that million dollar view, Joan, you always have it. All you have to do is look out, look up. So I want to thank you, Joan, for joining us on the show today. It's been so much fun. And I'm so glad you came through your surgery. Just, I just applaud you. You came through so well. And I want to thank Denise for being a wonderful dreamer. Thank you for sharing. And also Junior Burke, juniorburke.com to find out all about his amazing offerings. And, um, and let me see, Nothing But is the name of his new album, juniorburke.com. Check it out. Thank you for joining me. And next week we have Allison Armstrong, the relationship expert. So you don't want to miss next week's show. Until then, don't take your dreams lying down. Thank you for listening. This is Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. I'm Dr. Mona Lisa, and I've been a medical intuitive for over 30 years. Let me help you find new ways to heal physical and emotional problems. Be a part of my Healthy Living Intuitively podcast studio audience every week. Follow me on Facebook, Dr. Mona Lisa fan page, and Instagram, Dr. Mona Lisa One, to get that information. I answer audience questions, and you can learn from people calling in that might be dealing with the same things that you are. Follow Healthy Living Intuitively, part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network, and wherever you get your podcasts.